I invite you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 10. Um, Acts chapter 10, Acts is in the New Testament, so flip to find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, and then Acts, the story of the early church, follows those Gospel books. Uh, today we will be in all of Acts 10, though we're not going to read the whole chapter right up front, um, because we don't want to kind of lose our way in the midst of it, though it is start to finish an amazing story, and we will read the entirety of it. But we'll start uh, by reading uh, the first 23 verses, and this is the story of Peter and Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And just to set the stage a little bit, Peter, he was one of Jesus' disciples, he has been raised as a devout Jew, he observes the law, he knows his Bible, he behaves. Peter is a follower of Jesus, and yet he was born as a Jew, God's chosen people. Cornelius is a Gentile. He has come to know God, though we don't have all the details of that. He's come to know God. He is a follower of God, and we'll get to hear a little bit of his character and practice. And yet he's a Gentile. They don't quite fully belong. And if you were to worship at the temple, there is a spot for the Gentiles, but it was a little bit outside. You couldn't go as far in. That was reserved for the Jews, for God's chosen people, to go further into the temple. The Gentiles could come, but they could only get so close. They were a little bit second-rate as citizens. And they also, they couldn't eat in each other's houses. A good Jew like Peter knew better because it would actually be breaking the law. It would be disobeying how we understood the Bible to eat in the house of someone like Cornelius. As good of a guy as he is, he's still a Gentile. That's the stage that is set before us in Acts chapter 10. I invite you to pay attention to the ways in which both of these men are people who pray and how God speaks to us in prayer and just what might happen to our hearts in the midst of that. So before we read God's word together, let us pray for God's blessing upon the word. Father, may your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit, our teacher, and the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, our primary concern. Speak to us today, O God, for we, your servants, listen. We seek to hear your truth, not just with our ears, but to receive it into our minds for consideration and into our hearts that they might be softened in the ways that you intend for us. So, Lord, speak to our hearts today through your word, by the power of your Holy Spirit, and in the holy name of Christ we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, starting with going through verse 23. And at the concluding of this reading, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord. And if you are grateful, I invite you to respond with, thanks be to God. Acts chapter 10. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants 
and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When I was a child, I distinctly remember a few different missionary visits that we had. And as far as the DeVries family text thread this week goes, I can't remember exactly who it was that said this, but there was one of our missionaries who came, and I don't remember if it was Judy Estelle who would have actually been serving in Thailand at the time, or if it was Linda Cotton who was serving at a mission center in the south side of Chicago. I'm not really sure who it was, but I remember one of the visits, going up, hearing a little bit about what was happening, Probably my parents praying in the background, Stephen, please behave and don't ask any dumb questions. I did once ask a missionary, how old are you? Just because they asked for any questions, and that was my question. I really hoped that I didn't embarrass anyone that day. But what I distinctly remember that particular missionary, whichever one it was, saying was this. The gospel gives us soft hearts and hard feet in a world that gives us hard hearts and soft feet. The gospel gives us soft hearts and hard feet in a world that gives us hard hearts and soft feet. Now, the meaning of the metaphor is pretty simple and straightforward. We are called not to be people who have hard hearts, who are closed off, but rather to have soft hearts, but not just on our own. It's by the gospel. And just as we saw this with Peter and Cornelius, they are not softening their hearts on their own. There is no recipe for that. They are people who are praying in relationship with God, and God softens their hearts. We are to have soft hearts, not hard hearts, not hearts that turn away from suffering or what God might be up to or learning something new, but soft hearts. But those soft hearts are followed then by hard feet, 
Soft feet don't want to go places that are too hard or difficult. Soft feet do not go to unfamiliar territory. Soft feet do not seek out difficulty or hardship. Soft feet stay where it's familiar, comfortable, safe, known. That's for soft feet. But what I heard as a child was that after our hearts are softened, we get hard feet to go to difficult places, to go where things are unknown or scary or just unfamiliar, to go into the places that are a little bit, well, harder for us to go to than we would want to go to on our own. Now, of course, hearing this from a missionary, whether it was from a few hours away in Chicago or across the world in Thailand, either way, you can have hard feet. You can have feet that are hardened so that you can go to the places that you need to go. Just as Cornelius sent these men to go to where they needed to go, so that also Peter will, in the next part of the story, go with them and go all the way to the house of Cornelius. We are called to have hard feet. Now, that can mean a whole life change. I think of uh, those who are in places that they said they never would have guessed going. I also wonder in our day-to-day, week-to-week lives, I would not take away from the reality that for some people here, you need hard feet just to go to your place of work, just to get up in the morning and go again, that it takes hard feet to keep on going when compassion fatigue sets in, when we can't take anything else. But if you're going to have hard feet, If you're going to go wherever God calls you, if you're going to go to the places that might be difficult or hard or just plain stressful, then may God give you the soft heart to accompany your hard feet. Because if you go somewhere with hard feet, you'll go anywhere, but your heart is also hardened, you might do some damage along the way. We are called by Christ. We are called by baptism to have soft hearts and hard feet. If we have hard hearts, our feet will probably stay pretty soft anyways. And don't we see this playing out with Peter and Cornelius as God is arranging this entire shift where the Gentiles will no longer be second-rate citizens, but the Gentiles are going to be the same, as we heard in Ephesians 4 with baptism, that we are one united by Christ. Because it is the same Lord, it is the same Holy Spirit who softens our hearts to be a little bit more like the heart that Christ has for all of us. This is the good news, that Christ has died for us, Christ has risen for us, and that Christ's heart was soft for us. And so our hearts are then softened for the world, that our feet may be hardened to go to difficult places. Even in the smaller details of the story, we see these men who arrive at the house that Peter is staying at, and first they stay at the gate, but then even Peter says, well, he invited them into his house to be his guests. Hospitality is practiced when God brings our hearts together. And this is good news, for God is at work. Peter invited them in to be his guests. And Peter It's not that his heart is hardened, but he's a little bit closed off to this whole next thing that God is doing. That he's like, no, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. I would not go to the house of a Gentile. I would not do anything wrong. I behave myself quite well. And yet God, in prayer, is softening Peter's heart. Do not call anything impure that I have made clean. 
we can think of this for baptism today, that Charlotte was born into a world of sin, and yet we celebrate Christ's cleansing for her, even though she, like most of us here, are Gentiles. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And this is our prayer in baptism, that Charlotte is also made clean by Christ, called by one, but called by name as one of God's own. This baptism is not just for a few people. This is the invitation for all to have their hearts softened to come to Christ. Cornelius, though. Cornelius, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact or forget that he is a centurion. He is a Roman soldier. He's in charge of people. Like, by all technicality, he's one of the bad guys in the story, and yet we get this picture of Cornelius that can almost make us forget who he is and what he does, that he's a centurion in charge of the Italian regiment. He's got some force and power behind him, because what are we told about him in the scriptures? That he prays regularly to God, that he fears God, that he gives to those who are in need. He gives generously to the poor, and he seems to be someone who is marked by a life of prayer. And in his time of prayer, his heart is softened. Because Cornelius, although we could say he's the one maybe on the journey, or maybe, there's, maybe he's already there, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that we can also be a little bit like Cornelius. Cornelius could have been like, you know what? I'm a pretty good person. I pray sometimes. I give to those in need. I'm one of the good guys. And Cornelius could have had his own heart hardened to say, I know enough, I have enough, I'm all set and good. And yet while he is in prayer, God speaks to him and says, you know what, I'm going to soften your heart and it's going to bless you and probably blow your mind just a little bit. Let's not fall for what Cornelius didn't either where he could have fallen for the trap of thinking, I know enough, I have enough, I've grown enough and learned enough and done enough, that I'm all set and good. But rather, with his heart softened, Cornelius seeks out Peter, this one that he was told about in a dream and vision. Peter, similarly, has to have his heart softened by God, that he goes from seeing these off from a distance. But let's not lose the mark of hospitality, which hospitality is putting the gospel into practice, putting it into action. Peter invites these guests into his house. They are Gentile guests. By their presence, the house will be made unclean. Maybe it already is unclean because the Simon that he's staying with is a tanner. But all the same, a soft heart does not turn away from opportunities for hospitality. And so, Peter and Cornelius, in prayer, have their hearts softened, and then their feet, they have hard feet to go to the places that they would not expect to go. They are seeking out that which they would not on their own ever seek out. This is God at work. And where does it start? With these two who are praying. As we think of even the baptismal liturgy today that we heard that Cody and Amanda answered affirmatively, will you pray for Charlotte and teach her to pray? Because in prayer, even though we say God already knows everything, God knows what we're going to say before we say it, in prayer, in conversation with God, our relationship is strengthened, and when our relationship with God is strengthened, our hearts are softened, our feet are hardened, and we are more prepared to put the gospel into practice through hospitality, because God has worked on our hearts and our feet. 
whether it be going a million miles away or whether it be punching in tomorrow morning, whether it be being surrounded by all of the different folks that we think of that might stress us out, or maybe it's one more day of being pretty stressed out at home, soft hearts, hard feet. And so Peter and Cornelius are soon to meet each other, and what God is up to will be brought to completion. And we know that God can use anyone for the purposes that are going to be worked out anyway. And yet it's those who seem to be in prayer, who are in that relationship, who are speaking to God regularly, that God reaches out to and takes this whole story of God's salvation to the next level. Picking up at verse 23 and 24 of Acts chapter 10. The next day, after he's housed these Gentile guests, the next day Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. Right? Peter still knows what it is to be a good one. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? This is where we know that Peter has had his heart softened, that he goes, and his feet hardened, that he will go. And now he's in the house of Cornelius. And Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Once again, Cornelius is praying. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest by the home of, in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. I wonder if you were Peter at this point. You realize that you really need the Holy Spirit because you just went with a group of people who said that they called for you in a dream and now you just showed up in their house and they're like, we've been waiting for whatever you have to tell us. This is where we really need the Holy Spirit because I don't think Peter's got the words on his own. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after his baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed 
as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Peter is invited into the house of Cornelius the Gentile and he gives them this brief summary of the gospel. He's there because his heart has been made soft by that same gospel and his feet have been made hard by that same Lord that he goes and shares this gospel summary with Cornelius and all that were gathered there. And picking up at verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, the Jews, who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they, that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Why should they not be baptized? Because God's hospitality and invitation has been opened wide for those whose hearts have been made soft, for those who have hard feet that will go to difficult places. And all of this is God's activity and God's working and among it all. We give thanks to God for it. And we think today of Charlotte and other little ones that are gathered with us. But at, for any of us at any stage of life, might the same gospel be at work, the same Lord Jesus Christ be at work in us, that our hearts can be made soft when God speaks to us and that we can have hard feet to go to difficult, unfamiliar places, even places that we might otherwise protest a little bit against. We can't overstate how important prayer is in the relationship that we have with our Lord. And the end result is this. It's a baptism. It's a baptism of all who are gathered there. It is the invitation. It's the opening that now the Gentiles like you and me are just as much included in the promises of God and the salvation of Jesus Christ as the Jews were, the first witnesses of this. Friends, Hospitality is putting the gospel into practice to have our hearts softened and when they're needed to have our feet hardened just a little bit that we also might share in this greater story that God is still telling today and unfolding his salvation both here and throughout the world. Amen. Let's pray. God, may you give us soft hearts May you give us a diligence in speaking to you in prayer, in attending to your word, just as Cody and Amanda promised to do with Charlotte today, that we might know you, that we might learn about you, that we might hear your voice calling. And in whatever ways you need for us today to have our hearts softened, may it be so. In whatever ways maybe our feet need to be hardened a little bit, may it be so. God, forgive us for the times that we do have hard hearts. Spare us from the times that our feet are a little bit too soft to follow through on the ways in which your Holy Spirit is nudging us to go or to get into action. Forgive us for the times that we have hard feet and hard hearts, where we run in headlong into situations that we're not quite ready for. But in prayer, in trust, may we always be ready to listen to your voice, to your leading. And may you keep our hearts soft and our feet hard for all of the right moments.
that you can use us. We pray this in your holy name, O Christ.